talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. G'day, good morning, good evening, wherever you are, one and all, and welcome to another episode of The Dropped Kickoff. My name is Nicholas Siliev, and we're returning to our traditional format uh, this week uh, with uh, with an interview um, episode, and I am very, very lucky today. I have a very special guest with me, Phil Kearns, uh, who is joining me to talk about uh, the upcoming bid uh, for the Australian 2027 Rugby World Cup bid. Um, Phil, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. Thanks very much. And thrilled to be talking about the bids at an exciting stage. Yeah, it is exciting. It's been wonderful to see the development of the of the bid over the last couple of months as it's been growing, as it's been taking shape. And I know that as of September, we've had over 50,000 signups, which is a fantastic response. Um, before we dive into this bid, I really want to kind of get, while I've got you, um, it's not very often that we have a uh, a double World Cup winner, a man of nearly 70 caps for the Wallabies, um, just to name a few of your achievements. Um, what's your thoughts on how the Wallabies are going so far? Uh, I mean, obviously, the last three tests have been fantastic um, and we've seen some real development. The, the Bledisloe Cup tests were disappointing. I thought the first mm-hmm. test we played quite well um, and there was a you know few unlucky moments that, that we had there that... that um, could have taken that test in the other direction. But I thought the second two tests were quite disappointing and uh, particularly defensively. Uh, and that quick ball movement, that spontaneity that the All Blacks uh, have um, really punished us. And um, so that they, they were disappointing. Um, but still, in some phases in those tests, there were some signs of life uh, that you could see what Dave Rennie was trying to achieve and the team were actually doing them. It's a very proud moment in a coach's life when the players actually do what he asked them to do. And <laughs> you can see that that was developing. And then they took that to the next level against South Africa and, and Argentina. I think both those teams uh, play a game that we cope with uh, far more effectively. Um, South Africa in particular play a pretty robotic game, which is what we've played for the last 20 years. Um, and uh, we handled them quite well. Um, despite their size and, and their bullying tactics, we did quite well. Um, so uh, the thing that's really been encouraging has been the basics, which have improved out of sight. The catching and passing uh, in those games w- was really good. Um, and the support lines in particular which is something we've really lacked. Uh, again, over 20 years as we've turned our game into a robot game, um, a, a really structured paint-by-numbers game, um, you could see the Wallabies going back to a, a more spontaneous game and relying on support lines and their teammates a lot more, more effectively and people actually starting to understand those support lines. Um, and I think Quade Cooper um, played a role in that. Uh, and uh, so I, I think there were some, some really good signs from those test matches. Um, but there's still a long way to go. 
Yeah, there is. And it's, but it is, I think it's, there's a real sense of optimism or positivity around that team that we haven't seen for a long time, um, which is really great to see. Uh, And I feel like you, you have those likes of those, of those Quade Coopers and, you know, Sean McMahon, who's just been announced as coming on the bench uh, for this weekend's game against Argentina. Um, It's, uh, there's a good sense of positivity coming in, but well, I think the other thing is just the fact that we've had Karevi come back, McMahon yeah. come back, Rodder come back. I mean, those guys aren't going to come back unless there's a good team environment. And obviously the word's getting out that the team environment's good. Mm. It just, which is really positive and fingers crossed they can keep it going. But let's, um, let's move on to, to, what, to what we're here to talk about. And before we kind of dive into the current bid, because I'm in a unique situation that I'm talking to someone who has, who has won the World Cup twice. You've been there twice. You've commentated lots of games, um, played in lots of games. What does the actual impact of the World Cup as an entity mean for you personally as a player? Uh, I've, I've been very lucky. I've, I've been actually involved in every World Cup. and uh, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I count myself privileged to have done that. In 1987... I played in the curtain raiser before the semi-final that Australia lost to um, to France, and you know the concept of even having a curtain raiser these days in a World Cup is foreign. But we had them back then at Concord Oval in front of what we thought was a massive crowd of about nineteen thousand people. Um, so that was my first one, and then obviously as a player in ninety one, ninety five, and ninety nine, um, with two successes there, and then since ninety nine, been involved as a commentator uh, at every World Cup. And uh, it's 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 a real privilege, um, but it also means I feel that I'm intrinsically linked to the World Cup uh, <laughs> in, in my life. Uh, so I'm I'm blessed to be in this role. Yeah, it's it is a fantastic role that you found in now finding a way to involve yourself in this current bid. Are you, do you miss the uh, the commentating and the playing so much, or are you just happy to go right? I'm ready to to be a spectator now and enjoy it as it is. I, from a from a physical point of view, I don't miss playing the game. Um, from a camaraderie and mateship uh, perspective, I, I guess I do because um, it's a terrific group of guys. Um, I think the uh, the 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 aspect of being a commentator, I thought I was going to miss that, um, <laughs> but having weekends, um, you know, to yourself or at home. Uh, are actually not too bad um, and I can still get up and go and watch my local club play whether it's my son playing at Ramwick or my other son playing at Mossman um, I can get out and watch them play as well and my other kids playing sports so um, you know those those things are a blessing so whilst there's some downsides on some aspects and again the, the, the commentary role you know I was with terrific blokes like you know Rod Kafer and Georgie Gregan and Greg Clark and you know just we had a, we had a great time um, so, you know, where the, every downside, there's a plus. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine it would, it would certainly change things up once you leave that role. Um, it's, it's interesting you talk about kind of that space because, I mean, the Wallabies have hosted, we've, we've hosted the World Cup before in 03, and now we're trying to go for it again in, in 2027. Um, have you had a look at what happened in 03 and saw the impact that it had for the game before you kind of dove into what we wanted wanted to try and achieve with this bit? Yeah, I, th- I think the 87 World Cup here was an experiment. It was the first World Cup and, 
you know, no one really knew what to expect. And of course, everyone thought it was a pretty good idea. So uh, the next year it went to the UK and that, that was fine. And in 2003, I think uh, what we really saw there was the first mass migration of people, um, in this case, to our country, to watch rugby. Um, you know, when you look at that final, um, you know, Australia playing England, and you see the amount of white jerseys in that crowd, and whilst we didn't like them being there, <laughs> they, they provided a great atmosphere. There, there was tens of thousands of them here from just from England alone, but hundreds of thousands from around the world came into Australia to visit. Well, they were here initially to watch rugby, but then they discovered there was more than that. Mm. And so that that was quite special. So so I think we, we've learned quite a bit out of those two World Cups and we'll do the next one even better. Yeah, and I think that's a, a good place for us to start with this new bit, this current bit, um, which, you know, is looks really exciting. It looks like uh, in, in terms of the context of how, it's, of how you're setting it up um, and the fact that we're, we're starting to get support behind it, as mentioned, 50,000 signups already um, for, as of September. Um, what are you currently planning to do in terms of putting stuff together for that bid? You're going to lean into that kind of outside stuff as well and really give more of that rugby experience because you now know people are coming. Yeah. So, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that, um, that makes up the bid. Um, certainly engagement with world rugby uh, is important, uh, which we're doing. Secondly is involvement of our state and federal governments. And they've been fabulous to, to work with over the last several months. Um, and then, of course, engaging uh, rugby clubs uh, around the country in our states, um, uh, which includes, um, you know, we're getting letters of support from every club around the country. Um, we've been having some town hall meetings. Um, we had some a little while ago uh, across the states. And, um, and we had five or six of those sort of town hall meetings and we'll be doing some more of those. Um, uh, so we're getting people to sign up for uh, Australia2027.com, um, which you've alluded to, and we've had over 50,000 of those. And of those 50,000, more than half of them have never been involved uh, in rugby before. So that's, that's oh, been really? terrific. Yeah. Um, so that's been a great initiative. Uh, so there's lots of ways that we're trying to engage the rugby public as far and wide across the country as we can. And we've identified 73 potential training venues across the country from Darwin to Tasmania, from Perth up into Queensland and everything in between. Um, and we'll be trying to encourage the other nations that are coming to Australia to, to play and train and lead into the tournament to be visiting those regional areas. Um, so there, there's lots for us to engage in. Yeah, it was mentioned, I was, I was going to ask you about this because, you know, there's a great opportunity as well, not just to play, you know, at established uh, rugby, in rugby, established rugby heartlands, but also expand the game out to, to areas that maybe not, might not have experienced rugby before um, in Australia. Um, will there be other, have you, will you be linking up with other events like in addition to things around, say, you, you mentioned you're talking with the gut with uh, Queensland government or other government, uh, state and federal governments. Um, will you be doing kind of any other stuff around that, uh, around that time? 
Yeah, I mean, we're in the early phases of, of, of planning those things. Of course, we've got to get the World Cup before we can. <laughs> yeah, we do. We've got to win the bid before we can get into a lot of that stuff. But we've certainly had thoughts and discussions around um, uh, art, food, architecture, music, um, all sorts of things that Australians are good at um, that many people from overseas may not know about. Um, you know, I, I think the, the um, just to pick one, you know, Indigenous art is something um, which Australia is renowned for, certainly within Australia and, and, you know, parts of around the world. But to be able to spread that message to the globe would be a fantastic thing that our World Cup could have helped to achieve. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I think it's, it really kind of, it's not just about the rugby anymore. It's often about the experience. Like you, you, you have the chance to, to go out and, and see a country in a way that, that people might not have seen it before. And when you have all of those people on, on your doorstep, why not take that opportunity and really give them the fullest experience that you can? Um, yeah. And it's, and it's not just in, in our country, you know, we've got a very large percentage of our players um, from the Pacific Islands. And, you know, part of our bid and the legacy we want to leave is, is to also support those parts of, of the rugby globe, um, you know, the Fiji, the Tonga, Samoa, etc. cetera. Um, so help support their rugby as well um, and help them run better clubs, better coaching programs, better medical um, advice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and certainly that spreads into other parts of rugby in our country, like Indigenous rugby and, and women's rugby. They'll all be part of what we want to improve and the legacy we want to leave for our tournament. Yeah, that's, it's, it's funny. That's a question I kind of want to ask you about because, I mean, the 03 Cup left a, a huge impact uh, on the game um, and definitely saw a, a huge increase in the interest in the, of the game, uh, you know, in the years following it. Um, in your eyes, what does a good in terms of a great legacy that this bid would have, what would be the perfect outcome for you? Well, I think that there's a number of them. One is certainly around um, just the participation rates of the game. We, we expect over 30,000 new participants in, in, to the game, and, and that's not just players. Um, it, that's also administrators and, and referees, for example, who are all part of the game. Um, so we want to expand on those numbers. Um, Certainly, we, we want to encourage the growth of, of women's rugby. Um, we want to encourage the, the amount of Indigenous that play our game. They're certainly underrepresented in, in the code. Um, and that's probably because some other codes have done a little better at it than what we have, but it doesn't mean we, we can't make the effort to catch up. Um, so th that's part of it as well. There's an infrastructure legacy that we'd like to leave. Um, so there are certainly some facilities that we, we'd love to improve upon. Um, and, uh, and, you know, with the growth of women in the game, that's going to be certainly an important part of that, having upgraded facilities um, for them. So that's, that's, that's a, a really big part of what we want to do. And then also there's an economic legacy as well. This, this game, this World Cup coming to Australia, hopefully, um, will bring about $2.5 billion to the Australian economy. It will provide about 13,000 jobs, um, 30,000 volunteers will, will be part of our, our World Cup here. Um, in terms of trade and investment, it, it, the 2003 World Cup brought about half a billion dollars worth of trade and investment into Australia, and that was in 2003, so we can certainly outdo that in, in 2027. 
Um, so there's a number of legacies that we want to leave for it and something that'll be great, not only for, for Australia, but great for our region. Yeah, it's, it, it's, an, it's an interesting situation that, or the potential there is enormous. Um, you mentioned that you've been able to go out in clubland and stuff as well. What has been the response uh, that you've gotten out in, uh, out in, in the community, and particularly around, you know, the potential uh, opportunities that, that uh, a bid like this can actually have? For, for a lot of those clubs out there? We've been able to get out a lot less than what we would have liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, you know, we, we had community engagement planned in every state uh, across the country. Um, we've been able to get some done, and the classic Wallabies in particular have been fabulous in, in helping with that and with, with, in helping with getting the message out. Um, but the engagement certainly hasn't been as much as what we would have liked it would have been. Um, there, are, there are plans afoot to do that again um, over the next little while, but um, until the whole COVID situation eases, we, we can't get out there. But, but certainly the community engagement is, is a critical piece to, to this World Cup, um, and we're working really hard to make sure that happens. Yeah, because I know that you know clubs out there would love to be would love to be a part of, of such an awesome bid and the potential uh, um, other benefits that we haven't even talked about that, we, that it could it could have. Um, it's a pity that the COVID has happened, and particularly these lockdowns in in Sydney and Melbourne and 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 fingers at the moment we've heard some stuff happening out of Brisbane. Fingers crossed it stays away. Um, it's a, it's a pity that we haven't been able to get out into the into that club area and actually chat to people about how great this uh, a competition like this could be. Yeah, um, I mean, Qu Queensland have had a good over the last little while, you know, yeah, they have. being played up there. Um, <laughs> and, and the rollout from those tests has been terrific and the feedback has been terrific. And, and um, so Queensland's been uh, incredibly lucky and, uh, and, you know, good on it. I'm sure that just that fact will have, do wonders for the game up in Queensland. Have you used that as a, have you kind of wanted to use that as a bit of a dummy run to say, hey, considering how well that competition has worked, um, albeit in unique circumstances, of course, but to, to highlight that as a fantastic example of, hey, this is what uh, the World Cup could potentially look like. Um, yeah, yeah, I think um, what it's shown and what we've tried to build our bid on is that we're a really safe pair of hands. Um, we can handle everything from COVID outbreaks um which you know i guess the way it's handled state by state has had its major downsides but it's also had a couple of upsides and the fact that we're able to stage that tournament in queensland has been fantastic um the other side part of being a safe pair of hands is we've run big global sporting events before. We had a little thing called the Olympics back here in 2000. <laughs> um, we've got the FIFA uh, Women's World Cup in soccer coming up in uh, 2023. We've got the World Road Cycling uh, coming here. We've got Women's World Cup basketball coming here. Um, we've had ICC 2020 World Cups, One Day World Cups, <laughs> Ashes Series, you name it. We, you know, Melbourne Cups every year that we do. I know it's not on a rugby field, but but we handle big events world, and we might have a little event coming to Queensland in 2032 as well. So we're a safe pair of hands in knowing how to run big events. Um, and and finally, you know, we've got the stadia to be able to do it. Um, and that also is really critical. Um, the 
um, you just look at Perth Stadium, for example. Yeah. Now, who, who would have thought that three years ago or five years ago that you said we're going to hold a Bledisloe Cup in Perth? You'd be dreaming. Mm. Well, we've had two of them now, and that's because they've got a magnificent stadium. And, you know, when, when state... And the government, public goes there as well. The public, the public there sell out. Yeah. The public will go. But not only will the public go, um, the people that want to play at those stadiums, whether it be a band or whether it be, you know, some sort of concert or whether it's sporting teams, they want to play in the big venues mm. and, and the quality venues. And that's what we've seen. We've seen it at Townsville Stadium. Uh, we've seen it at Bankwest Stadium in, in Sydney. And we'll see it at the new Sydney Football Stadium when that's finished in, in a year or so's time. So um, the infrastructure is there for us to hold a terrific tournament. And we've, we're sort of saying to World Rugby that we're the safe pair of hands. We know how to run them. We've got the people that want to watch it. We've got the people that want to come here to Australia. And we have the venues to hold them as well. Yeah, which is, which is a great... And it's, it actually was going to lead on to one of the big questions that I wanted to ask you about this because obviously we're still to get it. This is all, you know, we're, we're showing our hand here, but obviously it is still to be delivered. It's still to be decided on. Um, and I know that there are, have you had the chance to have a look at any of the other bids um, and seeing what they're offering? No, no, we, we don't get to see that. Um, uh, quite rightly, we don't get to see that. And they don't get to see our bid. Mm. Um, so we, we've just been, um, you know, it's a sort of process that there's, there's because of COVID, I guess, partly, um, but again, because of probity reasons, there's not a lot of politicking that goes on and we feel that our bid stands up on its own. Um, our venue, our country, our people, um, you know, we're the right place to have this and that's what we've been relying upon. Yeah, and I think a kind of a good, one of the kind of final question or one final point to add on it is, you know, what, what do you reckon that we can bring with our bid that other brands cannot, that other potential bidders cannot? Is it just the fact that it's an established place? We've been playing rugby here forever. Um, what is it that we can bring uh, with our bid? Yeah, well, I think that that's part of it. And, and but I'll also mention just that the stadium that we've got and the facilities that we've got and the sport loving nation that we've got is a big part of, um, you know, demonstrating to world, to the, to world rugby, um, you know, what, what a safe pair of hands we are here in Australia. But the other things um, that can add to it, and, and maybe I think in the past World Cups, we weren't as well prepared um, in, in and, I, and I mean around having food trails, having art trails, having, you know, cultural stuff going on, um, including our Indigenous in, in particular in, in uh, being part of the World Cup. And, you know, if we, if we get awarded this in May of next year, which is when the official announcement will, will be made, um, we'll have five and a half years to get ready for it. Mm. Um, and, you know, the preparations around that will, will be, will, will make it the best World Cup that's ever been held. Oof, calling it. We're calling it now <laughs> if, we, if we get it. <laughs> um, so for anyone listening, uh, where, if you want to sign up, show your support for it, what do you do? Go to australia2027.com and just register your interest. Um, and then from that, that's, that's certainly a great way to start to help us demonstrate to World Rugby that our nation is behind this 
Um, yeah. It's not just the rugby supporters in this country, but our whole nation is behind it. So that that's a critical part um, uh, that, that we're delivering to, to World Cup. Um, so that's the first way to do it. I think the second way is to um, just get interested in the town hall meetings that we're going to be having. Um, we'll have one again coming up maybe uh, at the back end of November. Uh, we might even do it earlier, but I'll say the back end of November um, to give us a bit of time. But we'll be having those World Cups and uh, these town hall meetings. And people get on, I've been asking questions and we've been having some good discussions. And I think one of them, we had about 150 people come in and join, join mm -hmm. that meeting. Um, so we're going to engage them that way. And we're going to keep doing those right through to the World Cup. Um, and then along the way, there's going to be a whole lot more things that people can get involved in. Um, but we've got to get that bid first. Yeah. Will you be doing any other exciting, uh, any other stuff? I know you've been, uh, you, you've been pretty busy in terms of involving yourself and getting the, the word out there in, with the games that have happened up in Queensland. Um, I know that a lot of the, the, the old Wallaby boys have been, have been involved too. What's it been like involving them? What's it been like having all the old players come back as well? Well, some of them aren't that old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't be calling Digby very old. Digby's not very old. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we saw the Herbert brothers doing something up in Brisbane the other day and, you know, there were a couple of contemporaries of mine. And but listen, just it's been fantastic, the the way that they've embraced it. And, and they know the excitement that this will bring to rugby in this country. And, uh, you know, there's not one of the guys that we've asked that have said no you know they just prepared to dig in and do whatever they can to keep supporting a the game but be the bid and um and they know that those two things aren't mutually exclusive and uh you know we, we get we get the game we get the tournament here in 2027 that means huge growth for our game and, and hopefully a, a future that is secured forever yeah which would be which would be wonderful and hopefully you know uh we can ride off uh, you know the the current positivity that's starting to hopefully emerge within the game, and then people can really get behind this bit because I think uh, it has the potential to do a huge amount of good. Um, I could honestly chat to you all day um, <laughs> about this about the bid, uh, but I know that uh, you're a busy man and you have uh, people to see and places to go. But thank you so much for coming on the pod. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, Phil. Uh, terrific. Thanks for having me. I've got no places to go, but I've got people to see. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone listening on the, oh, to our podcast, uh, you can head to, as mentioned, australia2027.rugby uh, to sign up and express your interest. And also you can get involved in the conversation uh, using the hashtag game on or hashtag Australia 2027. Start a conversation. Let's talk about getting the World Cup and bringing it back. I myself have signed up, signed up months ago. Cannot so wait I. for it. Yep, good man. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's. It, I really hope that this that this bid does well, and hopefully, uh, come May next year, uh, we'll be celebrating having another World Cup, having Bill come and visit our shores once again. Um, thank you so much, Phil. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. See you, everyone. But what did go wrong? I have to look, look, and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? Bit of genius, bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo, very good, very good. <laughs>